Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Reinvented Roadmap. It's funny how you meet people that you know again sometimes later in your life, and you're surprised to see what they're up to. And this was my experience with our guest this week. I've known him for a long time, but I reconnected with him on Twitter very recently, and I was pleasantly surprised to see what he's up to. Uh, he's a lawyer turned entrepreneur, and he is working on a very interesting project called the Superflow Marketing Agency and several other business ventures that we'll get into during the course of this episode. Please welcome my friend, Harlaksh. Harlaksh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me, Sushil. It's a pleasure and uh, quite a pleasant surprise as well, since we've known each other for a long time. So excited to speak about all my things and of course about reinvention and all of that. Yes. Yeah, I know. It'll be a good way to catch up and actually talk business and a lot of other things. So... Yeah, I I noticed that you went from being a lawyer to being an entrepreneur. And how, how did that come about? Like, how did you go from having this template career to just like, screw this, I'm going with my own uh, things? Yeah, so I've been a rebel all my life, Sushil. It's just been one of those things where I was never happy with whatever I saw in general. So I was like, okay, school, school after that, I was just junior college and you know I usually would be the guy who's just trying things out and doing my own thing and like I had lots of friends but also I wasn't like I would always have a view on like whatever other people were doing and I was like you know what that's not what I would do or that's not something that really resonates with me and I that kept on happening over a period of time so for me law was more like a like a settling into a typical Indian thing where, hey, just finish your education and then do whatever the hell you want to do after that. So that has been my scenario with with law. So I got into it like everybody else. You didn't have much of an option at that point of time as well. No other you know, business, family business or none of that stuff happening. So I had to figure it out from there. But yeah, I've started my law thing and said, okay, I'm not sure whether this is for me, but since I'm here, let me actually try to maximize my time with all of this. So I got involved with a lot of, let's say, sports, a lot of, let's say, student council stuff and organizing the college fest and all that and really started to spend a lot of my time, in fact, in doing most of this. So it was almost 90% of that and like 10% of actually studying law in the conventional sense. And while I was at it, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I know for a fact I don't want to like pursue <laughs> law as a career. I did like two internships, one in the Bombay High Court and another at a private bank. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I can't like just the experience of that itself was I, I think I was too creative for just like doing the same thing again, 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 because for me, it was always about the end result. And that's what's informed me in all of my work that I do even today is that what after you do one briefing in a, let's say, what after you do, do one draft, okay, of a, of a contract. So I'm always like, in the lookout mentally to be like, okay, what's going to come next? So I'll do this once, like let's, let, right now, for example, we do this one podcast and I'm like, okay, uh, why am I doing the podcast? What's going to happen next? I can't keep on repeating the same thing again and again. So mm -hmm. this it's always informed me. So for law also is the same thing. I can't do repetitive work again and again. And I figure that it's not like my, my domain. So that's it. That informed me overall in terms of right in the beginning, I think second year of law school. So make the most of law school just to learn all these different kinds of things. And yeah, after that, it was just let's get started with some things. So I, I actually got started with my first venture was AstroTurf with the football captain of the second division of the club that I used to play for in Pune. And uh, he used to actually come and referee for uh, football tournaments. So we actually figured that there is an AstroTurf requirement and market does not have all that. So local footballers would come and play at very... This is back in 20... What? 2011, 12. So you're looking mm. at like not much infra in terms of like 
playing sports and all of that and i had grown up as a sports guy you know i used to captain mm-hmm. the table tennis team for university in, in pune and even the law school and i mean for me it was like a no brainer let's just get into it i want to like set up as many of these as possible so we started with that as national first venture so but yeah i mean i just like yeah just went for it so that's been the thing nice it's funny that you have a team of going to college for a certain thing and then discovering something you like to do completely different from personal experience that happened to me as well i went in to study it in engineering i mean although the grades were decent i felt like i fell in love with going up on stage public speaking mm-hmm. comedy and that's actually why how i wanted to maybe be a comedian or do something like that in later in my life yeah it's it's very serendipitous and you might start doing something and then you might meet the right people when you're doing that there must have been some point when you like in second year or something where you felt like okay this is definitely not for me was there something of that sort in your experience you know i'm sushil i'm a very open kind of a guy when it comes to opportunities around business or anything else that i'm working on so like right now for example if i'm working on uh, superflow as the agency but also superflow mm-hmm. as the education venture that we've launched now i you have to keep your eyes open and i i i go with that so for me also it was more like we'll see how it unfolds i usually don't hate a lot of things so aggressively to be like i'm in the wrong place i need to do something about it none of that like i'm i'm in law school so i'll do what i can in front of me in terms of what i could uh, in that moment that's what that's how that was how i went about it i didn't really think too much about it for a lot of years in the sense of the career sense i was just focused on what i was doing i should do that very let's say in a very dedicated way so i was uh, i would skip vacations to work on the college fest i like single handedly worked on a lot of projects that otherwise wouldn't have even come about if i didn't work on them so i was in that zone where i was like if i'm working on something it's my baby i need to work on it it doesn't matter whether i'm a lawyer whether i'm it's my thing i want to work on it and of course that leads to a lot of disagreements and agreements and this and that but i was just going with i wasn't too worried about defining my life in that sense some influences i can probably mention to you is richard branson's autobiography which i read like really early on which is not i think in law school probably slight, slightly before that i think there was also the book that i'd come across which is um i think about google but yeah i mean like these are only things which were just like Richard Branson specifically I did like really find very interesting and I did I, that that was like the spark and the you can if you want to find a defining moment then it could be okay that just like informed me a lot mm-hmm. more about about business than anything else that I'd seen before that but after that it was all about like the internet is happened to all of us and that was where it was starting to happen to all of us at that moment so it was just like yeah exposure man like just getting to know all these different kinds of things yeah and I was like very very clear I I didn't want to do a lot of things like that was very clear about me that the 9 to 5 was not something that i was too interested in from just like whatever i'd seen whatever i was informed of so that's pretty much the the things informing my law, law to entrepreneur thing it makes a lot of sense because some people try to force it like just kind of go against the your heart and try to force yourself to do something and no matter how much money you throw at the problem or whatever you throw at it if deep down your essence has rejected this this life there's no way you can actually go about and do it with authenticity so i'm glad for your sake that you found that very early another interesting thing i heard was you said that you like having creativity and i think hosting a podcast mm-hmm. is something like that it's like it's like painting something new each time you meet someone new and you, you discover something unique each time like so 
Do you have any other outlets where you get to exercise your creativity or not? Yeah, so this opinion or like on creativity has changed over years, okay? And for anybody listening right now, you got to really get down to why are you doing what you're doing? Okay, and not a Simon Sinek definition of start with why, but you know why you're doing something. So for example, if when you talk about creative outlet, my question even to myself where I think about that is why is it constrained to begin with that I need an outlet from my life to even become creative? I mm-hmm. I mean if you want I can rephrase that. So it's basically more like why do you need an outlet when life itself is the outlet okay it's it's everything that you do on a day to day basis in itself is the outlet it's like so i don't actually treat it like that like when it, when it comes to work life balance or when it comes to creative non creative work or when it comes to i think for me it's always come down to why are you doing it to begin with is it to derive pleasure out of the creativity out of it or is it an end result that you're looking for and those are the two different things that always shape my the way i look at it if it's just for pleasure then again there's no end to that and there's always going to be okay one creative pursuit you know followed by another followed by another which actually has happened to me in my post marathon and acl and post almost 2016 right up to 2019 i was always in that creative seeking sort of pleasure seeking kind of a mode with whatever i was doing mm-hmm. so it was more like i'm in business because the idea of being in business sounds let's say pleasurable to me okay so i i want that as a so i always go back to the actual underlying motivation so she'll in terms of why, like what is it that i'm getting out of that creativity is not what i'm getting or i'm not becoming creative either i'm deriving pleasure or i'm going away from pain or it's something other than that which is an end result that i'm seeking which is why i'm doing the activity so for me that insight into how i operate has become very important uh, when dealing with anything around whatever i'm doing in life a little heavy <laughs> kind of i mean i was just going back on you said that you don't want to do a certain thing because you yes. want to tap into creativity or you feel like you don't want to do something repetitive so i think sure. it's based on that yeah you're, you're I, right i mean you can actually have a creative you don't need an outlet you can make life creative if you find a, a source of inner joy or presence in the moment in everything you do maybe you can find a way to make it creative when i'm saying what i'm saying what i mean is the it, again it's my approach right not for everybody to sort of let's say note down as a checklist and start like you know mm-hmm. implementing it's 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 been my experience i've always treated life as the overall experience and it, i actually stay very i'm very careful in trying to bucket life into things very very careful so i mm-hmm. i i actually stay away from that because what happens is then we get into definitions and something called as conceptual thinking which is again we we think of a concept i'll give like so many examples right of how we be- behave in conceptual thinking like getting things done and then you move your entire life based on a concept or you you say stoicism and then your entire life is around what you read in a book somewhere so what happens is at least in my experience that as soon as i start living conceptually i get trapped into something so mm-hmm. i actually have i spend a lot of time in trying to not get stuck in you know in in conceptual thinking which actually drives to creativity because according to me life itself is creative there is no need for additional it added is, yeah. creativity yeah there's no need for additional added creativity coming from anywhere external internal anyway it is creative to begin with so why do we there have to go and find creativity where we it's already in front of us you know from from wherever we like we didn't need all of this stuff so shield in terms of books and all that when we were children right we knew all this because that's who we were and Internet then it sucked back then as well so <laughs> 
that's true <laughs> that's true the, uh yeah but it's pleasure seeking man like i think a lot of this is uh, pleasure seeking or going away from pain a lot of people when you say outlet is typically that you're going away from something which you don't like or yeah or if you're talking about people finding joy in creativity again for me that is a pleasure seeking activity nothing wrong or right about that i just feel it's it's something which has never been permanent for me because then i'm always searching for something which is more exciting okay sure. one venture to the other to the other and one uh, kind of creative pursuit to the other and what's happening really is that i'm trying to find toys to play with okay what's really happening is that i'm trying to find different kinds of toys to play with but but what's the actual thing internally is never going to be satisfied it's just a, like a rise and fall and rise and fall is like pleasurable activity and then down when you don't have that activity and then again up when you have that activity and then again down when you don't have the activity and i wanted to sort of break away from that so i've always lived without this entire definition thing around i've always been creative just through my existence maybe the word outlet was a poor choice of words maybe there's like a an escapism connotation to it and i think what i meant more was some sort of flow activity because your brand is called superflow and <laughs> i don't know if you've seen the movie soul it's a disney movie which came out like last december and it talks about being in flow state and like different human beings right channel that flow state through different activities like not necessarily an outlet but some people do it through music some people do it through painting but you're right life can also be flow always if you can tap yeah, into I that mean, state listen most of the things we are going to talk about you may or may not agree with right you know because the thing is it's so far fetched in terms of how people live that whenever there's a attempt to trying to define something which is let's say human life that's where conceptual thinking comes in so what you're trying to do is move it from one concept and moving it to another and i'm saying it doesn't have to come from anywhere yeah, we don't need to be in a flow state we are already human and living life in the way it's already happening it's real time i've found in terms of like in, in terms of flow state for example it just depends if you know what you want then you'll go and do it and you always find if you if you're doing it for pleasure you'll find the pleasure if you're doing it for money you'll find the money if you're doing it for finding the flow state you'll find the flow state so for me it's it's just about at least i i talk about my own way of doing all of these things has been that i'm not looking for in fact my worst patch in life it has been when i've tried to put myself into these definitions so for me it's a very open conversation because it's very subjective very contextual in terms of what you're trying to do when you're trying to go from a to b so where are you trying to go when you're doing something so for me that dictates a lot of anything that i do including if you're talking about creativity flow state etc it just depends on what i want when i want it in terms of my own end result that i want out of it usually i try to stay very far away from like definitions yeah and i think there is i think there is somewhat of a different kind of belief in that aspect because for me if i'm doing something like painting there's no why for me or in that case i'm just like i'm doing this yeah okay it's this is what is happening and that's been very helpful because when when i was down on myself for like some other the problem arises when you get too much in your head and you sure. start defining everything i think this yes. is one thing i can agree with you on we start defining that or oh, i have to be an entrepreneur who makes this much amount of money or i have to you start like I think I spoke about this recently with someone that when you start measuring success by someone else's expectations then you're always going to be a failure yeah. and that aspect of not fit, fitting into a box resonates with me because then you do that if you don't do that then it's going to cause you stress or if I'm a lawyer and I don't like law then what kind of lawyer am I or if I'm a software engineer yeah. who can't code this with this speed then am I really good and it can be torture and yes. uh, I think like having the freedom helps you spoke about running a marathon and 
about an ACL. What was that about? Oh yeah, so 2016, I finished law school in 2013, get into business, do my first venture. And then of course, I go on this very, let's say, I set up a cross-border distressed asset investing, you know, consulting firm kind of thing, very complex for people to understand. And even for me to be able to arrive at that would be like, let's say, defining it in that sense, because it's, it again, it was so far-fetched in what I was doing in the moment that most of my friends are just joining law, let's say law firms and, you know, just getting started with things. I wanted to like really find opportunities and really get going with life. Okay. So that was how I was approaching all that. So from 2013 to 2016, I'm, I'm at it. Okay. I'm, I'm, traveling, networking, um, trying to figure out, doing some consulting things to feed all this like the money coming in a little bit so that I can fund all of this stuff. We had already uh, set up the turf so that all that activity going on in 2016, I get went to play football with friends very close to where both of us are. And I got a tear, like a ligament tear on my right knee. And that basically just put me out of action for included a surgery and a reconstruction of the ligament itself, put me out of action for about eight months. And while all of that was happening, I also got a herniated disc on my left C4, C5 on my spine, like my neck. Uh, and that Sorry caused again. That. Yeah, I mean, that just like, again, put me further into whatever loss of confidence that a young guy has in, in terms of being bed rested. And then that just put me further into this entire thing. Yeah. And so running for me was more like, let's just say I want to get fit. Okay, that was the biggest thing that I had that I want to get fit again. I had not worked out in, let's say, two years and I was, a, you know, very athletic guy coming into all of this. And there was also this entire business thing that was really, you know, causing me all this stress because it was like I was so far away from all of that after like for eight months. Um, and it's very hard to restart when 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 you sort of hit the brakes. So that's mm -hmm. something that I'm sure everybody who's hearing or anybody who hears this in the future, and you probably relate to it. It's very hard to sort of restart. Where do you even start? Like, what do you even do? What time do you even get up? Like, what do you even, what do you read? Like, it's because when life is happening in, in let's say, when things are happening one after the other, it, it's very, it, it's much simpler. And now you have to start deciding everything one by one by one and that becomes very difficult so i thought okay cool i want to become fit but i i'm a very goal-oriented guy sushil so for me i like i like missions i like goals i like all these things which are like it gives me a little let's say focused action in actually getting somewhere because i I found that I'm the most productive or most, let's just say, effective in whatever I do and whatever I know and live life to the full when I'm going from A to B. So for me, running was something like that, where I said, okay, so one day I decided I actually had a small jog uh, like a, on, a, on a treadmill for just like 150, 200 meters. And that is my first jog after two years. And I said, okay, me being me, I'm like, okay, you know what, let's start looking for things to like, what's, what's a very exciting way to take this to whatever scale I want to take it at, like what's inspiring to me. So I went ahead, Google shit. I'm like, okay, yeah, half marathon didn't feel, didn't feel inspired enough. I'm like, okay. And again, this is all wishful thinking, Sushil. So it's just like, I, like if I, on that day decided I want to run a half marathon, I wouldn't be able to right? So again, this is all in the future. I'm like, okay, you know what, let's just park everything in the future. But I wanted a goal. I said, okay, you know what? I have to set a goal. Otherwise I'm never going to do it. So I then said, okay, half marathon, not inspiring full marathon. I was like, okay, maybe inspiring, but then I'm like, okay, what's bigger than a full marathon? And I said, okay ultra marathon let's like like completely i got really pumped for it and started looking for all kinds of races for an ultra marathon and i found the 57 kilometer run in edinburgh and i said okay fine this is this is happening it's 10 months from now in october i can run 150 meters or whatever right now i mean i spoke to my physio uh, who i was consulting at the time and they said it is possible but you're, you're like you're like pushing it a little bit and i'm like okay if it's like mathematically possible let's give it a shot okay so that's what i did 
I actually ran my first five kilometer run the next week. Once I came back, I started preparing for that and ran it like after a few days. Then the 10 kilometer, the 21 kilometer. Then I started doing these 50 kilometer weekly runs. And eventually, like. 10 months from then i was actually standing back in edinburgh at the starting line preparing for my for my let's say starting of the race i ran 57 kilometers in 9 hours 46 minutes the last guy to finish the race and then lots of other stuff within the race itself that really of course i got lost a couple of times and i couldn't make the first cut off so they were like we are going to remove you and i had this very emotional moment that i'm like listen i've come all the way from india and i prepared 10 months from this and there's like this is my life on the line my friends i'm going to run even if you take away the finish line okay like for me i'm going to finish this race. irrespective of whether you allow me to actually officially run mm. the race or not so i i made a deal with him i said if i get finish the race like there are pit stops to these races so i actually missed my second pit stop and he said that you can't there was one more pit stop so he's like listen you won't be able to finish the pit stop you won't be able to get there so i said what if i get there then will you allow me to finish the race and he's like yeah okay cool we'll give it a shot and he gave me this very so she gave me that very typical smirk where he, and that, that that sort of a, a tone where which was like you won't be able to do it that that kind of a thing and that just very condescending here yeah. very very condescending and that fueled me up this is at the 30 km mark so i'm already like really into this game and there's like 57 km overall so another 27 km to go and really like that like really pushed me i'm like okay fine let's figure so i actually reached the next pit stop almost 45 minutes to an hour earlier and then i i started running for my final patch of 10 km so yeah massive this 0 to 57 km patch was very important for me overall it gave me a lot of that fitness boost that i needed the you know the self confidence uh, that i had lost with all of these things i sort of looked at these races as or this running bit as a very important part of my life as a way to come back and bounce back yeah very impressive and and it's amazing what the human body can accomplish if you really put it to it because I had a similar experience in the Mumbai Marathon in 2013. I I signed up for it because my my work was sponsoring it and they were giving out a free goodie bag. <laughs> I got the goodie bag and then six six months later, like oh shit, there's a race is in like in a week. Yep. You know, I got trained for it. I I just signed up because they were giving a free T-shirt, NSC, and you know, right. went for it. And then I was like, not for a run. then my my colleague the senior colleague he gifted me into it saying that how can you just like take money from the company i mean i i bought into that crap because okay maybe i felt bad at the time but now i'd be like no you shouldn't like run a marathon without training <laughs> then, oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. something similar happened at 35 uh, kilometer mark i was like not even running anymore i was like just yeah, yeah. walking and like completely toast and then i called two people i called my dad So then, Dad, I don't know if I can finish it. Dad is very understanding. It's okay. I love you. I respect. I'll come back home. <laughs> and then I call my friend, my best friend. He's like, "Why are you wussing out now? It's only seven kilometers. You have done thirty-five kilometers. It's so pointless. You like back out now. Just finish yep. it." And that got me through the last part. But it's a very awesome story that you are able to kind of do this for your body. And like, I think. when you're down and out right in that state you definitely need that one win or you know like that reminder that you can do something or you know you can push yourself to the limit and and come out so it's an amazing story of that so do you still have like a daily running practice now as well 
No, I don't. Like that's the thing. I I'm I, I don't have a routine game, Sushil. For me, I'm like this mercenary who goes in whenever there's a A to B point. There is not. Yeah. There is no. There is no optimization of life thing happening with me. So if you see me one day doing stand-up comedy, another day doing a rap video, another day doing running, that's just me living my life. I'm not trying to be like you know a uh, daily routine or this or that. So for me, like right now, fitness is. I still have the herniated disc thing that flares up once in a while. Mm-hmm. If it had happened like yesterday, so I was dealing with that. That's going. to be there with me lifelong but yeah i just go to the gym lift weights do a little bit of intermittent fasting sometimes again this is another thing where i'm rescheduling what i want to do with my fitness so i again mm-hmm. want to have like another goal i was actually preparing for a longer run before the pandemic so it was a 111 km uh, run w- that i had to complete in 26 hours you we 6 months into prep when the pandemic hit and then oh. all the races got cancelled so i was actually like taking it to the next level i'm like okay let's like what's my next a to b point that i want to get to and then what what funny thing is sushil that i feel like in my experience creativity for the sake of creativity is is a tough game to play because what it's doing is you're like you're again trying to fit in like when you say creator right again it's like another definition thing that i feel people try to get into whereas it actually helps if you actually do an a to b So, okay, so when you have a end goal to what what you get into, because all your life's energy, purpose, intention, resources, your 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 let's say focus, everything aligns towards getting there, and that's then that propels you to actually become like a better creative person or better creator, because you you have defined where you're trying to go, and without achievement, I think creativity or without an end goal is again like you were saying that about your you were talking, and I actually was smiling because you were talking about how your you were finding an outlet and you were trying to be like okay when you're let's say doing stand up and these and that and you said you needed something to get away from something right and so I, probably if you rewind back i'm not a great uh, recollector of these things but if you rewind back a little bit maybe the the point there was basically around you were trying to find an outlet because you were trying to get away from something it was maybe the monotony of what you were doing or it was more like let's say so that's so that was what i was talking about when it comes to pleasure seeking and when it comes to getting away from something that you were trying to get away from what feels miserable to you or like you want you want to get rid of your misery through this activity and and running is a good example for me because i wanted to let's say have that entire get away from the patch of having bad health and the reconstruction and the herniated disc and business is not doing well all of those things were were let's say easily you can say that i was actually using running as a way to actually get back what i actually was wanted to do was get away from my misery which was which was and i chose running as a way to getting there what has happened sushil over the years is i've actually stopped that stopped relying on activity to get me somewhere in terms of my own misery or my own let's say outlets or like these kind of things i just experience things as rather than trying to rely on them as a as a way to getting away from any kind of outlet or like so if I, my business is not doing well i'm not going to look for another business just because that business is not doing well that was my cycle from 2016 right up to 2019 and if you look at my overall graph it's just going to be one failed venture after the other because i was just pleasure seeking and i didn't want to get into any kind of painful situation with business so it's one creative venture after the other all those ventures are good by themselves it's just that there's a lot of there's a lot of one there's a lot of pleasure seeking ha- happening that's what i sort of you know narrowed it down to whereas i don't need to do that so 2019 actually was a very transformative uh, piece for me and the you know entire let's say post pandemic and during the pandemic and all of that and even right now because now i'm not relying on an external activity or an external vehicle for me to get anywhere in life even if it's creativity or whatever i think you, you wherever you water is where your your garden will grow and and like that's the way i started to approach everything it's a it's a choice it's a decision it's not something that we get away from or get somewhere or it's not external it is very much focused on what do you want of course to clarify when i said 
earlier it wasn't about it wasn't about like finding an outlet for escaping something as such hmm. Hmm. for me i have always felt that i can't do this template life or this what comes next kind of lifestyle like okay now i'm going to get married and after i get married i'll have a kid at 34 and then that kid will have a sibling at 36 i can't i can't hmm. do that hmm. it's more like i have to do something with my hands i have hmm. to cook i have to i don't know just like it may you may call it creating for the sake of creating but i don't know why it's just like that feels like in the zone for me for me so, when i go up on stage when i take that mic for the first time it's not really an outlet it just feels right and maybe so, that's my why because it feels right and versus like sitting at a desk and repeating the same old like coming to a meeting at 10:30 i just i can't do that i can't like do a very fixed life i need to have fluidity i need to may you may call it escaping the, the norm or something no i get it i completely get it i think it, a lot of this is also around freedom right so a lot of these things that we you know do in life the the trade offs of freedom so in in my case let's say when i was uh, interning at you know the, the law firm i was like i don't really want to be dictated on the entire thing and the and the thing wasn't about performance it wasn't about anything else it was just that i would finish the work in 2 hours and just go home because i was like if you've got more work i'll do it but and and the problem became for them because it was like okay we need to find work for this guy because he just comes in he's not interested in the office he's not interested in sitting for lunch and waiting around and gossiping and chilling he just mm-hmm. came in he finished his work in 2 hours and he's going home right so i think a lot for a lot of us it's that we don't like the nonsense that comes along with all of that we just want to get done with things get our money go home do what we need to do otherwise and it's a it's a way to sort of again let's say and which is good but i just feel we need to call it the right thing because it's like you so know, means to an end exactly so everything is a means to an end i think that's what i'm trying to get to with whatever what i'm saying you'll actually find much more much more clarity purpose energy like you'll also challenge yourself much more if there is an end to what you're doing and not just doing it if you look at the world's best creators you look at the world's best let's say achievers they have an end goal always there's always something that they're going after and once they reach there they they'll always have another one and that's because they enjoy that game it's again it's again the point is but there is still an end goal there is never a lag period and i've spoken to a lot of people i mean i have my own podcast and i even outside of the podcast the energy that comes up when you're trying to actually go from a to b is is much more you and again it could be a creative pursuit but in my case i mean again i don't like to go into too many definitions overall because again it then becomes how you look at life and how i look at life and then there's this entire comparison business happening so i mean for me it's very simple it's just everything in life is creative it's just it's just perspective that's it of course yeah again there's like room for you know challenging assumptions or something i mean i don't know like i feel like a lot of creators if you look at artists or something yeah. i think they do it because they love doing it and the end i i, I don't buy that same. i don't buy that i i've never bought that narrative it's very romantic it's sold like that everybody sold it like that i think everybody gets what they want it's just that you need to be clear what you want so when it comes to the artist itself i think if you try to define it as they love what they do I'm not sure. I know a lot of people no, who I mean, do. See, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> there is like room for like yeah, okay. They'll not love everything that they do, but I think in the essence, right, the activity of creating does bring. It's hard to explain. If if you're an artist or something, if you look at Jerry Seinfeld, if you read his autobiography or something, he did comedy because he loved doing comedy. There was a place, there was a phase in his life where he was like, I'm getting like paid in in burgers and hamburgers. I I work for this club. And he said, okay, I'm good. I'm able to feed myself through this. I'm good. everything else k 
came through consistency he kept doing it he kept enjoying it yeah okay he has a very strong ethic and he had very strong processes of course but i think the act of creating you need to love what you do and yeah, not just think about it about the goals yes. i mean it's my that's my opinion at least so when you say it's a, let's say you need to love you're putting it as a checklist item right and and that's the problem you know something that you love is is something that happens by default right it's not something that we do or something that we have to do so when you look at this from the outside perspective okay it's something that hey you need to love what you do is something like as an added activity it's like hey i know whatever i'm doing then you start measuring whether you like love something or not right that's that's how that's how the benchmark starts to happen that's how the comparison starts to happen they're trying to fit into this definition uh, you know so somebody asked me the other day are you happy and i'm like what does that even mean right because it's again one of these questions where there's benchmarking happening where if i answer in one way if i say i'm not happy then he's going to be like make this assumption about whatever this guy is doing he's unhappy and he there is nothing so permanent about everything sushil it is something that when you speak to virat kohli or when you speak to any cricketer or you speak to any footballer there is no permanent love everybody does what they do based on what where they want to get like lionel messi you can ask him on his face he'll tell you like buddy i don't love every single game that i play okay but i do it because i i i really really want to do it like the want is very important sushil he will not he if it's just about love he'll stop it right he's so like the want is, is coming from from him it just happens loving it just happens right no there's no active there's no act of loving it just happens like if you ask me if you ask me i mean yeah we can obviously we can i mean you're right you can't love every painting you can't love every show you can't there's, i mean everything yeah, it gets there gets the grind but there is nothing i would rather do that's the feeling i'm talking maybe you can call it love or something there is nothing i would rather do than doing this i mean once you start sure. feeling sure. that Sure, I agree with what you're saying till the point it does not become a checklist item. Let's say, like, if you love something, you're doing it fine. But when you say you need to love something, I'm I don't agree with that. I feel, if, for example, if you're in business, you're doing it for money. Do you need to love money? No. Do you need to love your job? No. You're doing it for money. You just do it for money and get out, and that's that's perfectly fine, right? You don't But need that to becomes a checklist all. item as well. If you say you're doing it for money, if you're doing at it for, so, at least so clear about it. If you're getting, sure. if you're doing it to get from point A to point B, point A yes. is a checklist item. Checklist item. Point B is a checklist sure. item as well. Sure. Okay. But what's wrong with that? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. I'm, exactly. I'm actually just saying the same way. There's nothing wrong with creating for the sake of creating. I agree. But what I'm trying to say is that. in my experience again i don't want to argue definitions because everybody's life is they're free to do whatever they want anybody who's listening right now completely disregard whatever i'm saying i'm not here to prove to anybody that my definition is the most superior definition i'm talking about my experience here and that's it like there, there's no because what i don't like to do is define for other people i'm just like like take a definition in general without context so i can only tell mm-hmm. you my experience i can tell you what i have done i would say my worst years have been when i have actually tried to force it with with trying to do conceptual thinking and also then this entire thing around i need to love something these are all things that i'm i've added to whatever was not required i've always been a free spirited guy without having to add all these definitions according to me when you say you really need to love what you do and steve jobs said it as well what happened to the crowd sushil is they wrote down that as a checklist 
okay and probably people who listen to you and i also write it down that hey i need to love whatever i do and when they go to their next job what they're going to do is they're going to be like you know what am i loving what i'm doing they'll do that entire comparison thing whether you know and they it's something that you know sushil like right now you're on a podcast if you like this podcast there is no compulsion for you to set up a podcast and run a podcast whatever okay there is no it's it is happening naturally so we had a conversation naturally i came on the podcast naturally it's a very natural process for me it's not like something that i've added as a thing do i need to really love being on this podcast i don't think so because it's like it speaks in action is the way i look at this that you don't need really need to start with a definition you can let's just say you just are like you're just doing what you're doing like right now you are doing this podcast so it means to me that it's important to you right it means of to course. me that you you're liking whatever you're doing right we there is no requirement of added layering of saying oh you need to love it what if you don't love it for five episodes will you stop doing it so so i never mentioned like that you need to do it because there's a there's a certain degree of compulsion to it yes. like you know i hate compulsion i mean correct that's the reason i couldn't do it like compulsion living in the us would mean i'm compelled to like work in this job because to stay on the h1b i have to work in tech it's compulsion right. so if you start like saying that why don't i love this i need to love this then you're going to yes. be miserable always yes it's exactly never, so I, yeah. it, it's, it's for those people that comes naturally Right. I'll tell you what the difference is, and for people who are listening here, what we're trying to say is that you can't read it into anybody. Like, for example, if I say Richard Branson enjoyed, I don't know whether he joined or not. If I read somebody else's book, I don't know whether he actually did or not. See, that's a that's an afterthought. It's something that is written down with multiple intentions in mind. Okay, it's like when somebody writes a book, it's 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 built, it's written to sell. Okay, it, it's not written for you and I to be like that is the actual truth or like that's the factual evidence. No, of, of course, matter. yeah. It's an afterthought. It's something that if you and I said, "Oh, I used to feel something in school. I used to feel something during my business." It, these are all afterthoughts. These are all glossed over. Let's say things in the actual reality of things. Things are happening. Like right now, this podcast is happening. It, it's not something that you and I are sitting down and be like, "Okay, let's analyze what we, you know, the podcast." It, it's just an event that is happening on a day-to-day -day basis that you're doing on a day-to-day, -day, which I feel you can't read too much into, especially on other people. So I actually stopped reading books uh, because of that, because there's a lot of that is coming from. It's informed. from an angle to either sell the book to me or it's a glossed over item and it's given to me in the form of a checklist I, in the given to me in the form of life was really bad and then life you know i faced a lot of issues and then now life is good everybody loves that story but the reality you know, is sorry, always yeah. different the heroes two journeys and they always like the reality is far from it it just sounds good it looks nice there's a lot of glossing over so i feel it i can only speak from my experience and i stopped doing a lot of reference based conversations like some years back is because i've thought that i I can't inform my life based on what I read or let's say what video I saw is because I don't know I don't know whether that's 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 just presented or it's actually happened or not. I can't go by watching a YouTube video. I can't live my life based on that because I know on the other side Sushil having now run a marketing agency and actually I started the marketing agency to learn marketing. I didn't start the marketing agency to make money out of marketing. I I you know to buy selling services. I wanted to learn exactly how distribution works because in my previous ventures I had failed at learning marketing like how to sell something and i was really good at strategy and all of that but that's not valuable to the market so i figured that i need to figure out how to distribute in that i've learned right a lot of these are marketing constructed games like you said heroes two journeys it's used in every single marketing game that is played in the market that's why you'll find almost everybody trying to fit into that even if their background actually suggests otherwise that they have to fit into that narrative of trying to look like it is a rags to riches story So I know a lot of this is informed by marketing overall. So I I try to stay away a little bit now overall from 
reading books or living my life based on reading a book or a YouTube video. Even conversations that I have are now just informed of my experience. Even though I I used to read a lot of books, I'm talking the thirty-five to forty books a year. So overall, I get that nobody actually reveals the true ugly truth of what is happening. But I think there's a change there. More people want to see into that. What is happening behind the scenes or because i think it becomes less believable if suddenly you're homeless or something and then you suddenly become like a tv star or something it's it becomes less believable because the human experience isn't like that like yeah exactly even point a to b it's always like point a to maybe like Wait. you go to z some a lot of times you go to z and you know you go in reverse and you go through a lot of shit and then you have to like overcome that and i think now i think there's like more of a demand for knowing what that middle process is like people want to know what processes are like and like i think you are able to empathize with the creator or like whoever like not creator is a very strong definition whoever is like telling the story of going to this point it's good to have an awareness no i think i think uh, there is a lot of things where people have to be very careful in terms of what is being sold to them i think what we do is we suspend a lot of logic and rational thinking because we start believing in people we start believing in we start believing in concepts and we start living through them so you actually find that a lot of fights that happen on twitter or the internet happen because it's not about the person who's writing and it's not even about the person who's reading it's just about that there are two people fighting about a concept which they both of them have no effectively clue about they're just like and, and, and typically there's a lot of defending of one celebrity by one person and some other celebrity by another and, and you know you start realizing what's actually you start realizing that the celebrity is sitting there and making all the money these two people are sitting there and fighting about like i don't know what and the point is uh, it's easy to see it when it's so extreme right but it's subtly happening with all of us right so when you when when you see when you see it in that way that there are subtle nuances that are being played and life is you know easy to understand in that black and white but not very easy to see in the gray or like very easy to say when it's nuanced i'm saying that's what's happening to a lot of people with regards to what they follow how they follow so i'm saying my thing with everybody at least my experience has been don't follow anything there's no need to follow anything you first need to figure out what you want and start there okay because you you'll actually make it much more simpler to live if you want to become let's say you want to make money okay cool go and make money no problem spell it out how much money do you want to make maybe a little more specific about what you want i found sushil that a lot of people don't know what they want so what they do is they rely on a book or a concept or people or celebrities or other people's stories and they they think uh, that's what's going to get them you know or they try to start living based off of what they read that okay this person had this journey so then they start looking at their own journey based on that and a lot mm-hmm. of times a lot of years go by where they've lived off of somebody else's story and not their own so i i found that to be at least the case with me so um, you know it, it, it's much more simpler to just find your own your own let's say um be clear about what you want is what i what i've always come down to even for myself right now and if i'm clear about it there's no ambiguity there is no problem there is no issue everything is effortless i can just do whatever i want if i'm not clear that's the day then i start finding all these other outlets and like you're saying external things and looking for a ultra run to go and prove to myself that i'm i'm worthy of something all that is not required i just need to first be clear about what do i want and and if i'm clear about that then there's never an issue so at least in my experience that was where i found a lot of my space that this clarity Yeah and to anyone who's listening I'd like to say that you are inherently worthy no matter what you do and you don't have to prove to yourself constantly that you're worthy because for personal experience that's a trap and you'll yes. never be able to do all of that 
that you think will make you worthy in someone else's eye. I think if you're trying to prove something to, based on some external event, you're always going to fall short. I mean, it's ego. It's it ego, is ego. Right? It is ego. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're totally right about that. And I think another thing about what you said is like, people are, I think it's easier sometimes for people to jump on a certain concept without verifying it for themselves. Yes. There's more a sense of like going with a tribe or something before having the experience and yes. determining. You can actually pick and choose. You don't have to have these labels. Okay, if, if you if you believe in God, then you're like whatever. You're like uh, Republican or you're like right wing or like it, it doesn't mean that. You, you can pick and choose, and you can actually uh, build these concepts for yourself based on your experience. And I think that's I think that's the core of creativity. What you meant as in creative life. It's all creative, Sushil. <laughs> it's it is. Listen, for anybody who's listening, it's you're already too creative. They, you know, listen, it, it, like you don't have to do a creative act to be creative. You're already creative because if I put you, you know, anybody who's listening, or you know, even just between you and me, if if we go into a room and then we start brainstorming about something, it could be as simple as what color should be this paint or whatever, or like the walls or something. There'll be our creative juices are flowing right there. We are, we are, we are already creative, Sushir. We don't have to start doing an activity. Even if we're having a conversation now, this is, this is creativity at play. Yeah. So I'm just saying, trying to be like, oh, I have creative activities and non-creative activities. I'm saying it's all creative. That's, right? that's pointless, actually. It's, it's all pointless because it's every idea, right? Yes. Which you which you manifest or if you bring into reality, that is an act of creation. Exactly. I mean, it might be as dumb as like making a a cup of coffee, but that coffee didn't exist until it was in your head like five minutes ago, and you brought it into this world. That is an act of creation. So you're right about that. Like everything is creative. I want to ask more about your foundation work. That yeah, seems yeah, sure. Very interesting. Like change it up a little bit, and yeah. Sure. So what is the Superflow uh, Foundation? Right. So we got started as the Valiant Foundation. A lot of my businesses were with the name Valiant earlier. I sort of rebranded when I did the agency bit. Uh, Superflow Foundation now is what it's called. Is Basically, we've done a few projects before. We worked with underprivileged children for soft skills. We want to try to figure out if we can solve that problem that we see in terms of children coming up. And a lot of there's a lot of gap between the urban children and the children that you see in the parts of India that all of us observe. And we figured that, okay, let's give it a shot and see where we get to. So we did a few pilot projects, a couple of them. One of the pilot projects was just working on the soft skills, which is public speaking and like uh, a bit of negotiation, a bit of conflict resolution, these kinds of very practical kind of things, which is pretty good. Also like teaching them something around teaching also like, I also, I don't like this entire teaching thing. I like to like play with people are smart enough. They'll grasp. It's just that you need to give it a little bit of a structure and then people are smart mm -hmm. enough. So we, that's what we did. We just give it a very light overall thing around like these kids. Uh, so she started advertising. Like we gave them, you, we told them, listen, you, this is a bat. This is a ball. This is like all these two, three different things that they could relate to. And we said, you've got groups of five people. They said, listen, here you go. It's your shot after like some time, uh, keep on coming up one by one as a group and start presenting it as if you want to sell to us this bat or the ball or something else. And you see this beautiful thing where some of these guys are like coming up with a song. Some people are coming up with their own copycat ad that they've seen. So they sort of change that ad into something. And you see all of that. And you know that. So we th those are very interesting. We have videos of that as well. It's a beautiful kind of thing, which to also prove to me that that's not the problem <laughs> when we did the pilot. That the problem is not that these kids need more soft skills training is the way we always put it. You know, We actually then did a second pilot project which was uh, more around exposure. So we took all these interesting videos from the internet and then we 
took a projector screen to schools and we started showing them those videos to give them exposure about that these things happen in in the world and again that was beautiful because they were so engrossed like you, it's very hard to keep these children in in class for, like for beyond 5 minutes they just wanted more and more and more which is basically taking the internet to them rather than how we have had access for so many years it was like taking yep. all the good stuff from the internet that we saw at least was interesting and took it to them so that was what it was the idea of course was that there are 440 million or so kids between 0 and 14 or 0 and 18 in india i'm forgetting the stat and only 30 million of them are like in urban schools like rest of them are basically coming from backgrounds which are let's say most of them are not going to complete school like all these things so we want to solve that as like the starting point that's how we started with all these projects right now in its current form what we've done is that after those two projects we figured that we need to help them make money we need to figure out how to give these guys more marketing education we need to figure out how to how they need to learn how to sell because that's more immediate practical it's a little more if they know that at any given point of time let's say as soon as they finish school or all of that we know that it's going to be more valuable to them over the next 50 years of their lives rather than them learning how to do public speaking because most of them are not never going to actually practice it so right now in its current form what we do is we are currently creating a platform of what we're calling as free marketing camp so it's like if i don't know if you you probably know this because you've like been in tech so freecodecamp.org has been around for a while yeah. where people can go and quickly learn how to code it's a free platform that people can come and lots of people have used it we think something like this should exist for marketing and for selling mm-hmm. whereas it's currently in the form of free youtube videos and this and that so we want to build that you already been working on it's free access to people around the world not just to people here which is going to be um just free stuff which otherwise is guarded by everybody copywriting skills and this and that which otherwise you would pay a lot of money for we want to keep like liberalize that and like make it freely open to everybody because we open think that's where the issue marketing uh yes 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 because we think that's where the issue is is a lot of people want to sell they want to learn how to sell they want to learn how to market they don't have it in their vernacular languages it's all in english a lot of western concepts don't apply to what they're doing and people charge like you know these courses that people buy we feel that a lot of that should be available for people at this point of time the reason why you're not able to sell if you're underprivileged or something that should not be that you can't buy a course from somewhere so that's basically the angle on this and we feel that's going to inform and actually take this forward what we figured is it's very hard to do that soft skills bit at scale and people have tried it but it's very very hard to do so what we want to do is you want to pick up a problem at a later stage of these people's lives and then help them you know do better from that point on yeah and everything is selling if you want to position yourself well or you want to leverage your skills you have to like bring it to someone right and yes. like why would anyone hire you or why would anyone do it and selling is one of those key skills where if you suck at it it's just assumed that you should have it or not it's actually a skill that can be taught very easily yep. and people can pick it up and it doesn't have to be in english it doesn't have to be in hindi it can be in any language and it's it's amazing the work that you're doing uh, how can someone contribute or volunteer or is there a way people can do that yeah sure i mean uh, right now listen spreading the word for enough people who can't afford uh, a lot of these marketing education programs that you see online that would be a cool thing you may know somebody even if they're known from a not from a underprivileged background but yeah like spreading the word is 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 uh, if somebody who's struggling with selling or marketing or young entrepreneur or maybe maybe somebody who is a middle aged person wants to set up their own thing and all that there's a lot of people charge like 2 3000 dollars for stupid shit so i feel you know all that <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's available. It's available on YouTube for free. But just because the person doesn't know, they just recycle that information. And whatever I'm saying yep. is true. So, so yeah, we just want to make it available to as many people. So if you know somebody who needs that information, very basic stuff. Whenever we so we're rolling it out over the next few months. Yeah, just refer them to this. It's a free platform. Anybody can use it. Even you want to use it, you can use it. Yeah. I I will look at look at it and I'll include it in the show notes and I laughed because I know this kind of what you're saying is like oh I went from zero followers to ten thousand which is kind of pointless skill in the real world now buy my five hundred dollar course on how I did it that's <laughs> <laughs> like basically ever to every Twitter thread I see these days yeah. so I was, I was laughing at uh, that and yeah for sure and and it's awesome I, I like I'm looking forward to what you can do with this project and how it can help a lot of people well I feel life doesn't end after 60 or even if you have mentioned middle-aged people right it doesn't have to end after retirement people can really have this this renaissance or this second coming in their lives where they reinvent themselves after 60 and having marketing skills or I think it can start with marketing but this concept can be applied to a wide variety of skills I think it's good that you're starting there and a lot of people can pick up on that idea and start like these kind of camps or these bootstrapping programs for other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think the opportunity that you and I have, Sushil, right now in 2021, I don't think a lot of people understand historically the significance of like, you know, or the or how easy it is for you know things to actually happen that's why i keep on coming back to being very clear about what you want because it's so it's so interesting that in today's day and age with all this technology and internet and social media and you can actually do what you wanted to always do it's just that yeah. you're not clear on what you want and I, i'll have a conversation with my nephew and my mom and my friends and business partners and whenever there is any kind of vague conversation that comes up right I'm always down to, okay, cool. What are you guys actually like? What do you actually want? So I think whether you're 50, 55, 60, 70, 12 years old, 10 years old, six years old, the age kind of thing, I think is actually not really. In fact, I think people who are slightly older and have a little bit more experience are much better off. This is because they, they, if they're a little open to not just like wanting to stay in that game, but if they're a little open to adapting to how these platforms work and how people communicate in, in today's day and age, uh, I think there is a lot more they can bring to the table than they, 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 they value or realize because there's so much that they already have experienced in life that they can share with other people. It's just that there is a voice in them that feels or says that I'm not good enough or there's an imposter syndrome thing and there's a lot of that stuff where people are trying to be something. I'm just saying speak from your experience. If you fail at a business, speak about that. If you've helped somebody, mentored your uh, cousin's uh, daughter, son, if you've failed, you've gone for an interview, you're, if you have come up with a business idea, but you don't know what to do about it, just share it because there is like, there is no point in holding on to that information. You might as well share it with somebody and see where it goes. Let, let the idea sort of, let's say, take its own course. You don't need to guard that idea. You can just share it. And then nobody has enough time to be like, I'm going to take Harlaksh's idea and do something and I'm going to copy it and this and that. Okay, fine. If Facebook is doing it, that's another thing. But nobody's interested in solar water system that you want to put on some sort of a building somewhere. Nobody's stealing that idea. It's not going to go anywhere. So I just feel share a bit more than what you usually do because the way the internet is set up is it rewards that sharing. So any age doesn't matter. Any background doesn't matter. Any The point at which we are at right now with the internet is you can still keep on doing whatever you're doing. You can be the last person to run a race and it still be something that will be better off than 99% of the other people out there because you've chosen to share 
and somebody else and most of the people are just holding on to that perfect version of what Harlash looks like and what your business looks like or what Sushil looks like and uh, there is no the craft you know craftfully assembling a persona online is dead that does not exist so i think if you let go of that just be like okay this is who i am let other people worry about judging you and giving you labels and all that your listen there's nothing nothing to stop you you're literally impossible to stop if you know where you want to go yeah and another thing to just add to that is that if you're kind of worried about not knowing what you want try something because there's there's like endless opportunities to try something new or something and the internet as you said rewards people who try stuff because if you try to know what you want to want in a vacuum by sitting under a tree for like years and years and you'll not know and then you might get further like you try something you don't you don't want to do it and then maybe next thing and i think the freedom like i think that fear needs to go away what if i fail it's okay you can fail as harlux has done he's established like so many business ventures and you know he's learned from it and that's amazing and i mean you think you would be able to elaborate on that better oh yeah uh, oh yeah yeah i i have a, i have a view to this okay so according to me it's uh, there's no external idea that's where people get stuck so what you know let's say if you don't know what you want the answer is not going to come from you know outside the way i approach all this is before you even begin you need to know where your motivations are coming from okay that's something that when you get up in the morning or let's say when if i'm on this podcast what is the intention behind it okay when you want to set up a project what's the intention behind it i think there's a lot of when i'm talking about clarity it's not mental clarity i'm talking about your own in- intention and desire okay there is no permanence social in this game life is happening one time it's happening in not happening in rehearsal it's happening in real real time there is like real implications to what we think about when people talk about trying things i think trying comes later first you got to be very clear about your own intention are you serious about this do you really want this that you're going to embark on this journey for the next 10 years 5 years 10 20 years are you do you really want it or is it something which is like like a nice to have right it's like so we've gotten to a point social right now where everybody ordering food so easily it's like okay which pizza should i have should it be from this place or should you can't take that decision making to your life okay you can't be like oh i want to do you know what a little bit of stand up a little bit here and then set up a turf somewhere and set up a superflow marketing agency somewhere cool but the problem is that there are other people out there who are much more serious much more focused much more dedicated much more and it's a marketplace at the end of the day it's an economy there are like you you there are winners and losers in that sense at least in terms of uh, who you're competing against so you got to know that when you're going into all this are you serious or is it something that you are and then whatever you choose i'm not too worried about because what you choose after that according to me if one is really serious and like the intention is clear it's an honest thing that they really want okay then according to me everything else just falls off all the fear will fall off all the other things fall off the question is are you serious enough right you know are you do you really want it like you know if i like when sushil was running and he's he wanted to finish that race and when he felt like he didn't want to it wasn't that the running was important it wasn't the shoes it wasn't the gear that he was wearing it wasn't the fact that he was running the point was that there was that came a point where he sort of felt okay will i be able to even complete it and that is a belief problem it is not a problem of him running because he eventually completed it for me as well 57 kilometers from 0 to 57 in 10 months i mean most people don't do that even in like 5 years so 
it's not about the the happening or the thing running is just a tool it could be something else right it could, according to me it's about are you serious like do you really want it and there's a big difference between just wanting a little bit and really 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 wanting it and and i think when you're a kid you know this much more clearer this much more better because when you're a kid you don't give up no matter what right because there is no giving up concept you're like i want it so i want it right and when, what we do when we grow up is we start giving up little things you're like no 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 but then dad will say this and mom will say this and my friends will say this and like am i doing this and then what you're doing is you're just letting go you're, you now suddenly you're like you've sacrificed so much of yourself right that now then you get reach a point where you're 35 40 55 and you're like oh what do i do where do i begin the problem is it's been so long that you've not actually you know spoken up for yourself you haven't really you know been serious about what you want so i feel if you're serious social for a fact that you'll do it it's like there is no doubt the doubt mm-hmm. comes in when you're not serious when you're not clear the clarity is about the intention not about mental clarity of what you should do or not do i've done enough businesses in my life to tell you it's never the business idea okay and when people say it's the execution i'm saying no it's not also the execution okay it's it's the fact that the person who's doing this is clear and really wants it that the, the difference is really wanting it and just wanting a little bit that according to me if you can dig into your own self exactly whether you're being that serious or not and if you're not being that serious sit down okay and it's not like okay sit down and like look outside the window or whatever i'm saying take your time you know take 6 months off it doesn't matter the point is you got to get serious at some point okay life is happening all of us are going to die this is what's really the period that we're living life and you don't have to do anything you may not choose to do anything but it should come from you it should not come from what's the idea of a perfect life or what's the idea of how success what's the business idea i'm like listen if you want to make money there are 20 billion ways of making money okay so it's never that it's the business failures are never about that it's always you're not serious enough or you're not clear and if you are you'll get it you'll ask for it you'll demand it from everybody else around you from yourself from the world you'll change the economy because you want it so i think it's a lot about how serious you really really want it mm-hmm. that's a wonderful note to close on it's been an absolute pleasure harlaksh and if you haven't done it already follow harlaksh on twitter at harlaksh s you can also check out his is marketing project at superflow.online Alex also hosts a weekly podcast on his YouTube channel which I'll be linking in the description and also posting links to his foundation where he's doing lovely work. If you like this episode please subscribe to our channel like and follow us on social at the art conduit and we'll keep bringing these episodes every friday so stay tuned thank you so much for having me sushil it was a pleasure i really like the i was expecting a lot of banter back and forth anyway and i always like come with my opinions and thoughts and all of that and i really like one of the reasons i actually wanted to get on the podcast was that i knew you're not going to be somebody who like yeah yeah okay cool whatever you're saying is right because you're going to actually come back to me with okay cool this is what i think and i think that's that's wonderful i really liked the a uh, little bit of pushback here pushback there uh, but you also allowed me to speak really well so i really like the the format and the way you did it so thank you so much for whoever's listening and uh, highly recommend checking out also shields podcast and anything that he does going forward thank you and and it was a lot of fun and you're right i'm saying you're right now <laughs> but i think we argued on a lot of things uh before but it was a lot of fun because i think that's how dialogue works if you shut down someone you don't agree with before you let them say what they want to say then you'll not really grow and that's the idea of this is growing and and finding out what your limiting beliefs are so thank you hanaksh and uh, i wish you all the very best for your future endeavors thank you